I'm actually working on a romance novel set in an airport. Come on. Yes. You know what the title is? What? Conveyor Belt Enchantress. <laughs> that's that's a, a, it's a working title. It's a Nicholas Sparks. I'd also thought about this. Uh, how do you like this? Baggage inspection cunt. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. A Queen's Yorkie has been semi-tragically killed in a wouldn't-stop barking incident. 26-year-old Camel Wilder threw Chewy, his mother's one-year-old Yorkshire Terrier, down the sixth-floor chute of the trash compactor. Well, Geronimo. Defenseless, a neighbor told the Post. How could he do this to an innocent puppy? Oh, apparently you missed the part about the barking. <laughs> yeah, but how? I'm going to say, uh, how did he do it? I'm going to say on impulse, driven by frustration and annoyance. She says, to kill a dog, they have a newborn baby in there too. What's he going to do when that when the baby doesn't stop crying? See, that's the thing. When the baby hears what happened to the dog... It's going to stop crying. <laughs> I'm not a parent, but my understanding is that whenever you, whenever you possible, you present your child with choices, you know. Charged now with aggravated uh, cruelty to an animal. It's considered a felony. This story is from Astoria, the priceless neighborhood with the $500 name. America's largest city, world's onlyest town. And welcome to New York City Crime Report, Jimmy Fela. How's it going, Jimmy? Back in the building. Yeah. Getting the band back together. We're like the Judds. We do a lot of reunions, you and me. Yeah. I'm happy to be a part of this one. Hey, man. Uh, we, uh, you're, you're Jimmy Snakes on, Snakes in a Cab Fela. No no stranger to the animal story, the con- the animal controversy. I have to say something about this dog story. Yeah. This is one of those stories where everybody knows they're supposed to act outraged by this guy's actions, mm. but everybody gets it. Oh, yeah. There's no way you've ever spent a night in New York City and not been frustrated by the annoying, the close proximity to an annoying noise. Oh, sure. And nothing gets you like the dog. I mean, the dog made the son of Sam kill. Yeah. Think, <laughs> think about it. I mean, there's, there's actual anecdotal proof of these dogs being a nuisance to society. I have a neighbor whose dog doesn't shut the... It never shuts up. You want him killing a dog or do you want him to go out shooting blondes? That's what it is. Because I mean, you got to pick your poison at some point. Yeah, well, I do, I do want to say this, though. If they start creating something known as rescue blondes... I'm in. Hey, you know what? Those else? are the fun ones. And and this guy is facing a, a a charge here. You know, some charges. What about this guy who kicked the cat? Remember him? Yeah, I do remember the now, cat the guy, kicker. The cat, Andre Robinson, or something like that. Yes. You know, he uh, he he kicked the. He didn't. The cat's still alive. Yeah. King the cat? Are you kidding me? He's, he's he's a famous cat now. He's living. He's living well. If you can kick out a cat, it's almost an accomplishment because a cat is a pretty fleet animal. It's a cat is not sticking around for a kicking. You know what I mean? And I'm right. not I'm not applauding the gentleman. I'm pro-cat. Yeah, well, sure. Who's not? I had low mane last <laughs> night. I demonstrated my love of cat soundly. What more can you do? But, you know, uh, they had a YouTube video of it. It went viral. And now that PETA got involved, and now they show up for all his court dates. And you see these people, and they look like the worst. No. Oh. A lot of cat eyeglasses, you know. Are you talking about the PETA people? PETA people. They're a nightmare. The, oh, yeah. PETA kills more pets, more animals than anybody. How's they're that? a catch-and-kill service. That's what they're for, the ethical treatment of animals. Mm-hmm. They're just looking for humane deaths. So if your pet winds up with PETA, it's get, just getting killed, but it's getting killed nicely. I had no idea. Gassed. Something you know, something quick and efficient. That's uh, the good news. Oh, I mean, what could be more efficient than dropping it down a chute? Yeah, did you? Well, this guy, again, this guy is almost a, he's almost a PETA advocate. He's a friggin' saint. It's over fast. You saw PETA get mad at Sarah Palin. No. Nobody likes to hear this because she's a very polarizing figure. Mm. She's very pretty. Well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I am a fan. I am a, I'm a sucker for her. Uh-huh. I've seen her in person. Oh, really? Uh, like an inch away from her. And you know when you see somebody and you have a gut reaction uh, to their energy? 
Yeah. Usually well, that's, well, you mean like lust. Yeah. And no, yeah. no, no. I just mean it. You just see a person before even processing who they are or, mm. or what, what they're, you just immediately see them and say they're something. Something bumps I looked into at her right? and I, I actually did say in my brain, my monologue goes, oh, that's a stupid person. And then a second <laughs> later, I go, holy shit, that's Sarah Palin. Oh, oh. my God. And, and that being said, I usually you realize those things in the opposite order. N- no, I had that. I caught that like this weird, like removed look on her face of someone who's done all right for herself is used to being treated really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but looked a little bit, you know, the engine's running, but nobody's behind the wheel. But then my second take was, oh, my God, that's Sarah Palin. And oh, my, she's all right. She's all right. Yeah. So right. Peter got upset with her because she posted a picture of her kid who has Down syndrome standing on the dog to get to the sink. <laughs> and they were all out. They were all outrageous. I mean, there's so many. First of all, there's so many angles to come at this from. But if anything, we should be applauding the kid with Down syndrome for being that intuitive. Well, there's some ingenuity involved. Yeah, and, and, and some balance. There it is. And uh, secondly, Peta's. You know, and this is. I, it sounds like I'm carrying her her, her luggage now because this has been her defense. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres posted the same photo of a girl standing on top of the dog and said, "That's one way to get to the sink." Literally, like a month ago. Mm. Peter doesn't say a word. No. Which means they were gonna they were gonna trample Sarah Palin if she just tweeted Happy New Year. Peter's a lesbian. Peter's Let's get right down to it. This is Pete. Jimmy Jimmy for the ethical treatment of Sarah Palin. <laughs> people, <laughs> people, fat people for the ethical treatment of Sarah Palin. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, this guy throws a dog down the chute. Again, we're not advocating throwing a dog down the chute. I am. But we're liars. Throw your dog down but the chute. We're liars. And <laughs> throw the purse down with it. We'd be liars if we said to you the listener we've never wanted to kill a neighbor's dog happy new year and you know what it is I, I, let me say this i i never have wanted to kill a neighbor's dog but i've always rooted for someone to want to kill my neighbor's dog hey does that know, make sense i don't care if it's a neighbor a family member it's somebody look i mean you gotta at some point prioritize people over animals this is january 1st now just before 3 a.m not Ooh. now but january 1st has passed this was the day that 26 year old herb huntley he was shot dead in the lobby of St. Mary's Park Housing uh, Development there is Westchester Avenue in Melrose, you know, the Bronx. Hey, good news. There's a vacancy. Up. Oh. <laughs> That's right. And uh, according to cops, Huntley's shooting was the first homicide of the new year. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, shootings right at the end of the year, apparently. Uh, crime numbers, you know, for the year are in. And mm-hmm. there were seven fewer murders in 2014 than 2013. Uh-huh. However, 100 more people were shot. So that can only mean one thing. Obamacare is working. (laughs) (laughs) In the Bronx, an 87-year-old woman is dead, beaten to death by her berserk grandson in Throg's Neck. Bipolar, hulking, bald, tattooed, 48-year-old Eric Perez flew into a naked, screaming rage and beat the elderly woman to death with a bedpost. What did he get for Christmas? Witnesses said Perez walked naked onto the second-floor balcony, began throwing things off while ranting about the apocalypse. Come on, man. It's not the end of the world. This guy sounds like a comedy booker, by the way. (laughs) Oddly, he does look a lot like Colonel Kurtz. Is that true? Sometimes there's a thin line between a prophet and a violent psychopath. Not in this case. It's pretty clear. After a 90-minute standoff, Perez opened the door for the cops. who uh, They came in with helmets and shields. That's what this guy looks like. Uh, and then uh, they found Grandma Bash Brains uh, in a bedroom there near the three-poster bed. <laughs> I want to remind everyone that listen, uh, listening out there that beating an old woman to death is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yes, but at that age, that's not, how can how can you not wait her out? I mean, yeah, it's clear that you're not really thinking clearly. 
you know yeah uh, just uh, we we have the objectivity i guess hindsight's 2020 and uh, and so is uh, you know not being bipolar no offense to anyone who has the disorder uh perez was tased and then cuffed and uh, uh, as the cops let him out of the house he, he was repeatedly uh, heard uh, uttering the word asshole <laughs> what else can you say now, uh, protesters have shown that they'll go to any lengths to get their point across. You know what the best point of this, best part of this guy is, too? He's going to plead not guilty. Oh, yeah, sure it's he like is. There's, there's brains everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Yes. You're, you're wearing her skin as a sport coat <laughs> when they find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah his confession's written in blood on the wall. <laughs> Uh, but the, the protesters now, uh, they've staged, you know, they're Diane's at Grand Central. We've seen it. They've rallied in Union Square. They've openly called for dead cops in Midtown. Oh, Angry God. protesters threatened to ruin the Thanksgiving Day parade and the lighting of the damn tree at Rockefeller Center. And at each of those instances, they were thwarted. There's, there's no one I'm rooting for to get a prolonged, prolonged bout of ass cancer. More than someone chanting like, well, what do we want, dead cops? Mm -hmm. What do we want them now? The only reason the public doesn't kill those people is yeah. because the cops are there to protect them. Well, the public, the public isn't down with that sentiment. You know, yeah. you could show me a poll that says people are upset with the cops. They don't agree with the Eric Garner verdict. Yeah. But they're not down with what do we want, dead cops. Common sense people know that's a problem. That was probably the exception. I don't think we heard that chanted by a all lot. of them. But no. but there was like a, I mean, I, I, with the video I saw, there were fucking hundreds, if, that, if not was a big number. It was, you know, but uh, enough, you yeah. know, enough. And, and, and that's what happens when you give a woman the bullhorn. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, you just no, you don't know how to bullhorn. Ladies, you can bullhorn with the rest of them. You're great. Now, uh, now these uh, these rallies have been staged inside uh, uh, some different places. Now, Jimmy, it's a, they they're coming after an even more sacred institution. They're trying to ruin brunch. Is that true? They're trying to ruin brunch. They've they were rally staged uh, inside at least four brunch spots in the city. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they they were they, they what it is they're protesting the systemic war on black lives. You know, uh, so just to clarify, yeah, all right, the government is systematically murdering black people. That's what's going on. So you're ruining brunch. Yes, that's they've, your response. They've changed their pro their rally cry from "I can't breathe" to "I can't get a refill." <laughs> <laughs> More. What do we want? More mimosas. When do we want them? Ten minutes ago. Kill yourself. You're awful. You're awful. If you're protesting a brunch, you deserve the ass cancer award. Look, I mean, just because you're protesting doesn't mean you can't have some jams, you know? I mean, like, and, and look, I think that it's like, uh, I'm a white person. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not at brunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and some of those people that are eating brunch, uh -huh. they were out there protesting with you before. They're with you. Huge ones. Who goes to brunch? People who protest. That's people who read the New York Times. Stuff like that. That's why. There's not, a, there's not one community college degree at a brunch. And if it is, it's taking your order. <laughs> sure there are. <laughs> yeah, the ones uh, taking your order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, My people. Here was a tweet right here. Interrupting white supremacy one brunch at a time. Oh, God. One activist tweeted. That you, was at Sharman Noltra. Do you realize, like, this is why I think a lot of this protest mm -hmm. is just a way for people to channel their rage, accessorize their personality, and say, like, I did the right thing. I took the popular stance. Mm -hmm. But what is it actually trying to solve? They're fighting against a fictitious straw man. Black, like the whole Black Lives Matter. All right, it was a great way to organize everyone's sentiments and, and everyone to side up and show that they didn't agree with the verdict. I concede the point. Yeah. But there was nobody out there saying Black Lives didn't matter. 
Yeah. There was nobody saying it. No one's saying it now. I no. mean, I'm going to grant you that there's probably a guy working at a Walmart somewhere that would smoke a joint with you after work in Opelika, Alabama, that doesn't think black lives matter. But mm-hmm. as a guy who drives a cab, who drove a cab and is a part of the fabric of the city mm-hmm. and, and, and deals with every ethnicity, people know black lives matter. I, if you want to tell, you know, there's probably, I my guess is 20% of the country is racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20% of the country is not a policeman, though. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I approve this message. Oh, if I'm elected. <laughs> if I'm elected. No, you get you, we start addressing real grown-up issues. Like what? Black Lives Matter is not a grown-up issue. It isn't a grown-up issue, is it's it? It's not a real issue. There's nobody saying they don't matter. We all agree they matter. That's why we have the civil rights movement. That's what if we, we turn that issue. into an actual debate? Yeah. Do and Black like, Lives Matter? Do they? And then, I, and then have somebody debate that. Again, there is definitely a Waffle House or a Golden Corral. Somewhere down in like Crestview, Florida, where you could have that debate for real mm. with a straight face. But we ain't having it. We know they matter. So be we some, appreciate some guy in like a, like a, like some sort of a seersucker suit, you know, <laughs> and like uh, now hold on now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> who's who's a heartbeat away from being county executive? Some of y'all been saying black, black lives matter. Well, <laughs> oh, come on now. Now, a silly prankster posted a video on YouTube. It was of a run-in that he had with NYPD officers while attempting to shoot a prank video for oh. the Ellen DeGeneres show. All over New York, sillyman Alexander Bach had quietly danced up behind unsuspecting strangers. And then he was greeted uh, with a little hostility, it turns out, because uh, like dancing up on someone like that is, is, is a little... Uh, that's how a lot of rapes are initiated on Broadway. You know? <laughs> they dance up on you sometimes. I forgot that verse of Mr. Oh, yeah. Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, da, 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 da. Now, the humor in the video comes from Box wild dance moves, but in the confused uh, expressions of the strangers, too, because they turn around like, what the fuck is going on? And then he stops, of course, and he looks innocent. Now, he danced up close to a couple of NYPD officers. Mm. Now, uh, they're standing in front of a police van, and, and, and th- you don't really... Uh, you don't think about something like that. Yeah, you don't dance up on an officer, yeah. really. It would be, uh, I wouldn't do that. I would just kind of go, well, he might, they might get angry if I do that. Hey, listen, in Old Times Square, they would have turned around and hit him with a nightstick. Mm. It would have been excessive, but it almost would have been right from the standpoint of like certain authorities need to be shown some respect. Well, yeah. I'm not saying the cops kill whoever they want with impunity, fuck the law. Let them I'm not saying the cops are never wrong because they're wrong plenty. Mm-hmm. But they're also making decisions in a life or death capacity 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. When you're judging a cop, you're not judging them in a life or death decision, whether you get it right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on the toilet tweeting. You know, you're sitting yes. on the train Facebooking. Well, and, you're, and, 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 you know, they're understandably excitable. Uh, this was like like a couple of days after. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like less than 36 hours after those cops got shot. Yeah, two cops get shot. Let's go do the Lombada yeah. on the back of a cop. <laughs> they're not nervous right now. Now, the cop at the wheel of the park van, he sees the uh, Bach there doing what uh, it only be described as a very silly dance. Now, uh, he opens the door a little. He leans out to yell at his buddy who hasn't noticed him. And uh, once he turns around, you know, Bach stops dancing, and then the cops start angrily demanding to know, you know, what's what, going on, what the fuck's going on, you know. And then, uh, it, well, you know, the, it's a predictable result. In, in the YouTube video, they play it with real dramatic music. God. <laughs> but uh, you know, so what happened? You know, they 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 didn't take the guy to jail, uh-huh. and uh, they, he gives him a little shove, and, and I guess it was slippery, and, and uh, they, you know, the guy fell. And they've got to stop. It's uh, dancing yeah. lives matter. <laughs> I can't dance. I can't dance. They're they're all gonna wear t-shirts. Before That's what the next he kept Nets saying. Game. It's like he's like, and I was only dancing. 
But, Yo, all right. leave the fucking cops alone, man. I only say it from the standpoint of, again, I'm not a cop. I sound so pro-cop. I'm just very appreciative of cops and, and more understanding of what they do because I'm a degenerate gambler. I mm-hmm. watch the NFL every week. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody talks about any call the refs make except the one they blow. They make three billion calls during an NFL game. The yeah. only call that gets discussed is the one they blow. Except for the yeah, so and, you got you got like Troy Aikman on there going, yeah. oh, that was a good call. Yeah. You know, and whatever. they're making calls in a millionth of a second with four hundred pound men are hitting each other so hard they're making fetal noises. Well, you're not going to excuse this Dallas mm, call. You're no, not going to. No, not, gonna, not at all. Not even fucking close. <laughs> I mean, that was horrible. But the point is, they're the, the cops are doing that, but uh, with death on the line. Right. It's a fucking hard job, man. Yeah, I've seen that. so many of these like precarious standoffs in my cab where I'm like, God, they have a hard job. I just appreciate it from being a cab driver. But yes, that Dallas call, fuck yourself. That and, was the and I can't, yeah, and, yeah, it's true. And, 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 and I can't believe that there are more accidental shootings than there are. You know, that, I mean, they, uh, the, the guns are, uh, they're, they're very easy to shoot. <laughs> if you, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, uh, the important thing is the guy Bach. Mm-hmm. He probably won't do it again. Yeah, I think he won't. <laughs> I, they, I don't know if they're going to keep doing this. Uh, the the dan- what is the dance prank anyway? I'd I mean, like to like think. A, yeah, I'd like to is think. That what it is? Yeah, and I'd like to think like Ellen knows better. Whoever the segment producer is, that it's not like the best time to antagonize a cop right now. Yeah, they, I don't think they. I don't think they. That was part of the deal. Yeah, that you're supposed to go like, hey guys, fuck with the cops. Yeah. Now uh, an elderly man drowned in a jacuzzi. Mm. Yes, uh, the man was found face down in the steamy water at, at a College Point spa, rushed to a Flushing Hospital in critical condition, and uh, although the man died, doctors said he looked very relaxed. <laughs> uh, and health officials are looking into uh, the spa castle safety plans. Hey, I got an idea. How about this? A sign that says, lifeguard not on duty. <laughs> and, and seriously, stay away from the hot tub. Mm. There's no, no, there are no winners in those hotel hot tub situations. Mm. And nine times out of ten, you're in a bathing suit, and as a kid, you don't know in the hot tub. I mean, it's it creepy happens. from go. Yeah, there's no winners. Uh, if you're 85 and up, chances are you're ready to check out. When it comes to suicide, the edge goes to old people. White men. White men. Ages 85 and up commit suicide more than any other age group. Is that true? Probably because yeah. there are more married white men ages <laughs> 85 and up. <laughs> and they're probably suspicious deaths where the wife's involved for life insurance. You finally go, well, there's really nothing to this, you know? Have oh, you, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, they, yeah, these like weird suicides yeah. that, are, that are actually to benefit the family. Or yeah, something. well, there's a kid that's about to inherit or a wife. Do you know, and I'll do this in two seconds, mm-hmm. Do you, I, I don't do cruises. I don't do a lot of cruises. I mean, I've never done a cruise. You've um, never worked on a, on a cruise? Never done a cruise. I've never been hired to do a cruise either. Yeah, ever. And uh, I, I almost consider that a badge of honor for the two of us. But, uh, mm. you know, for, for I my would own totally reason, do a cruise. I'd love it. I'd have the best time. <laughs> I'd eat everything. I'd drop Somebody, dead. If you if you book a cruise, look no further than Pat Dixon. There it is. And Jim, Jimmy Fallon, too. Well, you know, you know yeah, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I, I heard from a boat comic that there is an epidemic on cruise ships of old women pushing their husbands overboard on cruise ships. Old people in general, one of them killing off the other. And that most uh, commercial cruise lines have, uh, I guess he's called like a bow guard, who's like almost an armed guy who patrols the bow at night. Uh, because people are throwing each other overboard. That's beautiful. Yeah, but it's a su- you know it's supposedly a suicide, and then someone's on the phone with uh, Farmers Insurance the next day, cashing in the policy. Wow, yeah. Yeah. and I, that's the easiest way to pass off a suicide, I guess, off the boat. Yeah, there's there's pretty much no chance of uh, accident. Finding a- they jumped, write a note. Yeah, it's a home run, man. Wow. Never trust a 91 year old woman in a Lamborghini. 
<laughs> Unless it's an old one. If it's a new one, be you know, be wary. Well, these 85-year-olds are killing themselves at four times the rate of the general population. Now, uh, it's, uh, now Port Authority cops, by the way, speaking of suicide, they've stepped up patrols on the George Washington Bridge, uh, twice foiling the suicide of a hysterical woman wearing a full-length fur coat and drinking a bottle of Jameson. Come on. Twice they've saved her. <laughs> I thought you guys were back together. What the hell's going on? Well, she got a little upset. And, uh, you, you know, when, when, the thing is, once they get that angry, you got to let them go. You know, just, you know, my friend, to do. Th- and it's this again, I, I have a buddy who's a Port Authority cop who works on the G-dubs, and he's the guy that walks. Uh, you know they have those guys that walk the actual scaffold to the top? Mm-hmm. And his adage, and I've, we've probably heard it in other places, but they say, Talkers talk, jumpers jump. Mm. And they say if they're talking to you on the ledge of the bridge, 99% of the time you do save them because it's it's a whole different thing. If they're jumping, they're just going. But you still have to try, right? Oh, you got to play some defense. I think it looks bad. If <laughs> She's on the ledge. You don't at least show up and, and you know, yeah, ask this, her a they're, question. They're savable. Yeah. yeah. You can just go, like, fuck you. You're talking. <laughs> Talker. <laughs> There was a guy, a lawyer. I'm going to cover this on the next episode. Where, uh, where, who? What a great story this is. His name's Charles Bennett. Uh-huh. He's a, he's an attorney, yeah. and he killed himself. Right? Mm-hmm. He jumped off a bridge trying to kill himself, a pier rather, and he didn't die. They fished yeah. him out. Well, his suicide note detailed his Ponzi scheme for five million dollars, and uh, now he has <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> a lot of charges. Ah, Charlie. So funny. So funny. That's a 16-page suicide note on the next uh, episode, or maybe the next one. What the fuck? Uh, but because uh, we're doing that live one coming up on oh. Saturday, it's January 10th. If you're hearing this right now, go January 10th. And uh, well, this is right now to you. But uh, January 10th is the show. It's at Fontana's, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Me, Jim Polk, uh, are gonna have uh, a lot of fun talking about the what well, you know. It's the Crime Awards, NYC Crime Awards. Come on, yeah, man, with outstanding achievement in the field of child murder and uh, <laughs> outstanding suicide. We have uh, outstanding achievement in the field of misogyny. Of I'm shocked at who the now we you know this is up of course on the Crime Report page. The group, the group, not the page, and people are choosing this guy who beat his wife to death because she wouldn't make him goat. All right, <laughs> pretty misogynistic, right? But this other guy mm. raped his wife, mm. anally raped her then, okay. and and circumcised her when he was done. Ooh. Now, you can't beat that. That's... To me, that is way worse. Talk way about... worse. Wow. The guy, I think he beat, beat his wife to death. He, you know, he's just like, well, I've done this a hundred times. The anal guy wins the Go Hard or Go Home award. The Go Big or Go Home award. I, I, it's like thing. I said on the show, when we cover the story, it's like, look, I bet when she was getting raped anally she's probably like wow this this hurts oh, this is really painful this is as bad as this is gonna get you know oh, God. this is the worst <laughs> you could finish it but, but you then get guess it. i think you guys all get it <laughs> an 81 year old filmmaker is arrested for attacking his neighbor filmmaker joel reed is in the news the 81 year old maker of screen classic blood-sucking freaks was arrested on new year's day for violently groping a neighbor. Only January 1st, he's already broken his resolution. Unbelievable. <laughs> no violent groping, and then he just, you know, yeah. But 81 years old and still and still groping. This guy, 81. I, I guess, you know, maybe show, show people. Again, some of these people, man, huh. the love of the game, it keeps them going. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Since she, that's the victim, observed the defendant, uh, place his hand on her groin over her clothing, uh, twist her hand, push her to the ground, causing redness and swelling to her right finger, shoulder, hip, and substantial pain. That's oh, what the, 
the criminal complaint says all that. She it's weird how they say that. She observed the defendant place his hand on her groin. Yeah. I observed it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, yeah, you you observe right. like you go whale watching. Mm-hmm. You know, bird watching. you know what I mean? That's observing. Yeah. That's a that's an excellent observation there, victim. Uh, <laughs> cops arrested him around three a.m. and he was arraigned, released without bail. They released him without bail. He's well, eighty-one. He's not a flight risk. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this guy going? That's funny. <laughs> he faces misdemeanor raps for assault, forcible touching, sex abuse, and harassment. And I think that he's also uh, accusing her of the same stuff. Just like right, right back. Is he a finalist at the at the? At the awards, at the crime awards, yeah, you know what? Because I feel like this at eighty-one, you got. I think January first, be... this goes oh, into two thousand fifteen. Twenty, yeah, yeah. And he committed this crime at the wrong time he too. Did way early in in, in he, the season. Got a peak late. You get <laughs> August on. Oh, if yeah, if you commit a crime now that wins a crime award next year, you really got to earn it. Oh, it's got to be yeah, it's got to be special. Just to give you an idea how bad the world is, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing New York crime, but I mean, just looking at it in general, mm-hmm. you know, there there's a horrible shooting in France today. But those guys wouldn't win a crime award at the end of the year. They shot 12 people. It's terrible. Terrible timing. Shot up a newspaper. It won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and, and not only that, but um, they, they also attack the media. Yeah. Which... So I'm going to be like, sorry, Mr. <laughs> you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't like satire? Well, <laughs> fuck you. The police continue to suffer near constant indignities along with their near constant danger. Two cops were assaulted. While arresting a 46-year-old man, officers were putting the cuffs on Kenneth Wright in a Harlem bodega when he threw a cup of hot coffee in the officer's face. Some Three Stooges-style shit, which he followed with a punch. His partner tried to grab Wright, who bit down on the cop's hand, breaking the skin. Oh, man. Snap down. And then, uh, let's see. There you go. And then they, they, were able to, they were able to reel him in, and now the cops are oh, apparently... God. You know, they're about to turn their back on the commissioner, it looks like. You know, when two NYPD cops were shot December 20th, de Blasio came to the hospital where they were treated. This mm-hmm. is how it started as he approached dozens of police officers assembled in the hallway, pointedly yes. turned their backs to demonstrate their disgust with the mayor and his policies and his rhetoric. Then seven days later, de Blasio spoke at the funeral, slain Officer Rafael Ramos, NYPD officers as a group, symbolically turned their backs on him. Now, with this simple and silent, somewhat more formal act of solidarity, they really codified their growing sense of behavior, uh, or betrayal by the government and the courts and the non-New York Post media, uh-huh. <laughs> and most of all, the mayor. Now, last Friday, Police Commissioner oh, Bratton. Stand you don't like Bratton? I may. I listen. I liked Bratton in round one. My brother was a cop under Bratton, mm-hmm. by the way. Back in the nineties, had nice things to say about Mr. Bratton. Yeah. Pre-LA, Bratton. Yes, that's what happened. He got soft. He started drinking those wheatgrass smoothies. Yeah, maybe. He's a very inclusive commissioner. He urged angry NYPD officers to say, cut it out. And uh, he said, he, he said we, we'd appreciate it if you wouldn't do that again. Uh, well, what do they do? They defied him. And then they turned their backs once again while, while the uh, mayor de Blasio tentatively muttered uh-huh. his sorrowful bromides. Can you fathom, though? Uh, I don't know. We haven't had this discussion personally. Mm. Can, you, can you kind of fathom their, point, you know, their stance here? That the they cops? Feel like, yes. I see why they On feel a, that way. Yeah, all right. Because I was going to say that because it's one thing I'm not – you don't hear that discussed a lot. But when he says things – like, oh, I've got to worry about my son being a victim of the police. Uh-huh. That's telling people these cops are fucking out of control. But what it's what it's misleading, uh, where it's really misleading, is his son has a six-cop detail that goes with him everywhere he goes. 
Hmm. His son is guarded by the NYP. He doesn't worry about his son getting killed by police unless he reached for one of their guns in the SUV that drives him to school, wherever well, the fuck he goes. Here's the thing, Jimmy. If he doesn't say that, right, mm-hmm. right when these officers get shot, mm-hmm. or not when they get shot, when these protests are yeah. happening, if he doesn't, if he doesn't constantly remind us he has a black son, how are we going to remember we, that all the time? No, it's, this is it's, important stuff. Extremely important. You know, I, uh, this guy's I, trying to win some liberal primaries four and, years and, from now. And he I get to, it. You know, he, he doesn't. He, all he has to do is say the son's name, and we'll. You know, it's Dante and Charlene we or Charlene. It. You know, yes. And we. Oh, we. Oh, that's right. He has. Uh, he's a minority in his own home. That's all right. Well, uh, they turned their backs again. So, and here's what De Blasio was saying. He said he's talked about this officer. He said uh, all of our city is heartbroken today. And all of the city is feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. And all of the city wants to lift up the Liu family and the Ramos family. A detective, uh, Wenjian Liu, was a, was a good man. He walked a path of courage, a path of sacrifice, a path of kindness, de Blasio said. This is who he was. Now, hearing these remarks, I would also like to turn my back. <laughs> he was a good man who walked a path of courage. When he said come that, the, fam- the family turned their backs. Come on, Maya Angelou. Yeah, come on. That's Stop her. it. They want to turn the body over. Like, such a just, everybody, come on. Let's get the dead guy to turn over. Such a panderer. I thought it was just uh, really, just, just tacky. I've got a just really trite. I've got to worry about my thumb. We all feel he was a good man who walked a path of courage. Yeah. Well, uh, if you know, he just did say something that sounds sincere, you know. But yeah. uh, it's one bright side, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. mentioned by the post. The two officers killed mm-hmm. reflect the diversity of the NYPD. There you go. And Lou is believed to be the first Chinese American uh, New York cop killed in the line of duty, mm-hmm. and hopefully he won't be the last. Oh god. We will. Oh wait, wait, no, that's what I mean. No. Hold, I back <laughs> hold on, that up. Like, I mean, there will continue to be Chinese officers and in in large numbers. Let's, <clears throat> let's get that clarified cuz I'm going to edit that out. We're going to get picketed. <laughs> Beekman Place. You know where Beekman Place is? Yes. Residential area in the larger neighborhood of Turtle Bay, which goes from 41st Street up to 53rd and east of Lex. It's mm. looking out onto Roosevelt Island. You're doing all right if you're on Beekman Street, by the way. I say this as a cab driver. They're pretty swanky. It's a rich area. Yeah. It is, with history. Mm. It's a former site of the Beekman family mansion, in oh, fact. Wow. Yes. The British made their uh, headquarters there for a time during the Revolution. Nathan Hale was tried there in the greenhouse and Nathan hanged Hale. in a nearby uh, orchard. By the way, his, his you know Nathan Hale's purported last words were... Uh, One life. Uh, yeah, life. see, I was saying, uh, we were taught, he said, I only regret... Uh, I only, my only regret is that I have but one life to give for my country, right? Historians, they've now, they've tweaked it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different, say, but I, it's, there's what they're saying now. The 21-year-old soldier, they said, uh, he says, uh, I regret this. I had only one life and I gave it to my country. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they change it with like their view of what's going on. It's like a game bit. of telephone. Every time the story gets retold, <laughs> I can't, the original gangster version of that is, yeah, I can't believe I gave my life for this fucking country. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, are you shitting me? We're not even going to win. <laughs> Fuck this. Well, good times. Great backdrop for a game called Murder. And it was in this very neighborhood. The wealthy as fuck founder of a Manhattan hedge fund was fatally blasted in the head by his namesake son. Just a few days ago, a Harvard and Princeton educated wealthy founder and chief investment officer of Wayne Scott, mm. Capital Partners, Thomas Gilbert Sr., allegedly shot by surfer bum Jim Rat Tommy Gilbert Jr., who's also suspected of burning down a house and killing a dog. 
God damn it, Tommy. That dad, dad gave his son three grand a month allowance, 2400 a month for rent, and the rest for fun. Yeah. And he recently told Tommy he's lowering it Ooh. by 200 a month. Well, according to tabloids, that was the last straw. Okay. So Tommy came to visit his so, parents. Mm. With, a, with a legitimate gripe. I'm I mean, kidding. come on. <laughs> I, mean, I spend more than that. I don't have any money. Come on. Tommy came to visit his parents at 20 Beekman Place. 20 Beekman Place. And his, mm. his, son, his mom said, nice to see you. He said, go get me a sandwich. <laughs> so when she returned, TG2 was nowhere to be found. Oh, man. The original wrapper was crumbled, empty, shot once in the head. Mom, Shelly Gilbert, called 911, saying, my husband's been shot by my son. When cops arrived, Gilbert hysterically blurted out the story. And the cops said, hold on, hold on, lady, hold on, slow, uh, slow down. Now, first of all, what is the location of the sandwich? <laughs> okay. Is there a meat component? Uh, is this a sub, a roll? Yes, ma yes, it is important, ma'am. Please let us do our, our, our <laughs> is it, work here. Is it white flour? Yeah. <laughs> a half-hearted attempt was made uh, to make it look like a suicide. I always love a half-hearted, uh, th something like that. It cracks me up. Were they... They try to put the gun in the guy's hand. 40, ca yeah. Yeah. 40, 40 caliber Glock was laying in, on the dead man's chest oh, with God. his left hand draped over it. Fucking Tommy Jr. This Got is it. why, you know, there's a quote in the movie Up in the Air mm -hmm. where George Clooney says, like, give your kids enough money to do something, but not enough money to do nothing. Uh, Tommy Jr. had enough money to do nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that creates a, a, you know, a kid who's just counterproductive. And, yeah. then, and then when he goes looking for something to do... This is what he does. Well, you know what they should they, they if they just would have given him enough money. Bad parents. I think really look if you work that hard, right, mm -hmm. like this guy did, and you create this vast fortune mm -hmm. and wealth, why not? Tommy so we, Jr. You know we get to take a generation off. Tommy Jr. is the victim here. Let's have a grown up talk about this. Let's do. Let's do. If Tommy Jr. never has to work a day in his fucking life, and he's how old? He's twenty four. Thirty. He's thirty. So if you got a kid who never worked a day in his life and you did nothing but pay for everything till he turned 30, mm -hmm. you know, you've created this kid who's not self-sufficient. Possibly. I'm not saying you're supposed to kill your dad, but they did kind of, you know, play a hand in that. Well, you know, here's what happened. He did go to Princeton. He graduated, yeah. whatever. Okay. And uh, I, I got whatever happens when you go to college. And uh, and so I don't know, like what he was trying to set up a hedge fund. His dad told him he was stupid. Uh -huh. <laughs> but we'll get into that because... Because cops came to get him, you yeah. know, and they burst into his, his he was living oh, in Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea, he's living in Chelsea, 18th Street, right? Oh, that's pricey. Uh, 2400 a month, you know, and they found the gun's case, ammunition. They found Gilbert himself. He's hiding a half-packed suitcase on the floor in the hallway, a perfect metaphor for his young life to date. <laughs> he's not going to need those fancy duds where he's going. Now, in an exclusive interview with The Post, his ex-girlfriend, Anna Rothschild, shed some light on the troubled relationship between TG1 and TG2.0. Uh, she says that Gilbert Jr. regularly griped that his dad was hypercritical of him and he couldn't do anything right. You know? and, and, that, uh, and she said more. She said he talked a lot about his dad and how mean he was to him and how nothing was good enough. I see that a guy of excellence like that is you know, a multimillionaire, billionaire, whatever he is, he probably have a really high standard. You know, Probably hated his damn son. Couldn't they? Kid's a dipshit. He's, He's an a underachiever. <laughs> you know, there's that going on. Mm. And, but uh, you know, it's 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 funny because I I just realized now that I must be in a mood because no matter how bad the story is that you read, 
I'm like, oh, this guy that cut the seven heads off ain't a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> you ever gotten the slow cashier at CVS? We've all been there. We're capable of bad things. Hey, if you've never heard of dog, <laughs> you can't get behind dog murder. That's one thing people get really upset about. It's so tough. Nobody wants to hear it, but people everybody... get more upset about a dog than they do a baby. Not even close. You know, I mean, like, if, if this guy would have kicked the cat, who kicked the cat? If he would have kicked a person, mm. who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Where's people for the ethical treatment of little brothers? People for the ethical treatment of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the cat's okay. Yeah. Oh, my God, and they make such a stink out of it. And people, worse shit happens to dogs every day and cats than, than, than being kicked once. You want to know why, they, you wanna know why though, they, they, that they are more protective of dogs and cats, the people that feel that way? It's because the dog or the cat wouldn't abandon them, mm. whereas a person... You know, might skip town. Might have some objectivity. These are people that have had, you know, people have skipped on them. Oh, you mean damaged people? Yeah, yeah. damaged people. Oh, my, you know what? And my we, my animal would never do that to me. Yeah, and we love animals on this show. Mm. Very pro-animal on this show. Not not barking at three in the morning every night of my life, animal. Well, as a practitioner of Santeria, I am <laughs> very, very pro-animal, especially goats. Those are great ones for, uh, for you know, sacrifice. Boy, boy, do they show up when the game's on the line. Yeah. Yeah. How could a guy... Now, here's here's what she said. She said she still can't believe that, he, that Tommy could pull the trigger. Mm. Back to the story. We're talking about a rich son yeah. killing a rich dad mm. with a forty caliber Glock in Beekman Place, the richest of all places in New York oh. City. Probably, if you were going to say the richest area, this might be it. It's there. It's, she all, says, it's up there. She says, how could a guy be that gorgeous, that wealthy, that fit, and kill his dad. Wow. So <laughs> so the so the marriage is on. <laughs> uh, the engagement, the wedding is still on. Wow. I mean, and this is his ex. Mm. You know, but I thought, wow, that is like, you just don't get any more shallow than that. Wow. That is the peak. It's like, oh, if he was ugly, I could see it. <laughs> if he was poor, sure. I mean, if he had a gut, uh-huh. he almost certainly did it. He had that square jaw, though. He was so <laughs> handsome. He was such a good tennis player. I just... Well, he shot. It's so funny. We'll see. We'll follow that. Now, machetes are probably the weapon of choice for uh, for many many criminals out there. Now, a word from machetes. Uh, one of the many weapons one might use in the commission of a crime is a machete, and one of the most popular ones. Uh, is, it's really popular with criminals here. Uh, from the post, uh, you know, they they quote a deranged thug pulled out a machete and that he had stashed in an umbrella. He hacked away at another man at a Bronx taco joint. You think though. It says there were 24 more incidents involving machetes in the past five years. In the city, machetes uh, are, are wielded by lunatics, crooks, gangbangers, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're even used by store owners to defend their businesses. They're cheap to buy, easy to get. One to two foot long knives is uh, that's basically how they define a machete here. And uh, with the uh, with the easing off of the stop and frisk, and guys are not getting patted down as much. Mm-hmm. Well, they might be more brazen and carrying them in their jacket or hide them in their pants. And that's so true, by the way. I don't hear a lot of people say that. That's really smart. About that, the about the stop and frisk. Yeah, that they go like, oh yeah, stop and frisk didn't find a lot of guns. Yeah, that's because they knew they were going to get stopped and frisked. Mm. If you know they're not going to stop you, walk down the street, whatever you want. It's mm. like Bugs Bunny fighting the Crusher. You're pulling, you know, you're pulling guns out of, you know, out of the turnbuckle. Remember Bugs Bunny fought the Crusher? Oh, yeah. Things yeah. went up. Very unethical fight. <laughs> that Crusher? Yeah, he won. But I mean, honestly, as a Bugs Bunny fan, I still feel like we were gifted that fight. 
Yeah. It's kind of like the Cowboys game this weekend. I'll take the win, but I feel like Bugs Bunny was gifted that fight. You know something? After after a spate of machete tax, attacks in 2008, there was a talk of a citywide ban. You know why? Well, you know, if you have a gravity knife, uh, you know, then you, you can go to jail. If you got a machete in public, you're probably going to get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so strange. It's a, it's a larger knife. You get a ticket on the grounds that when the, the blade is more than four inches, and that's it. So, you know, a, a, a violator would have to show uh, show up in court and then have maximum 15 days in jail but uh, uh you know uh, part of the twisted allure of machetes is their masculine appeal as well so uh that's this is all being said in the newspaper yeah yeah these are that's uh, like all the sort of like selling points on machetes yeah like know? as they're trying to tell 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 you why they're evil they're mm-hmm. telling you they're amazing they kind of end up going wow you know yeah it's, it says uh, there's no wonder the blade's name is derived from the spanish word for sledgehammer macho <laughs> and yeah, it's a proven fact that guys who carry machetes get laid more often so be smart evade <laughs> punishment and be a man what do they getting paid to plug machetes as they de- as they attempt to denounce machetes this message brought to you from the national machete council great movie name machete oh boy that was a yeah, machete there it that's is. what you're talking about yeah, hey machete. good news for the bronx before we get out of here mm. uh city island located in the boogie d was named new york city's 2014 neighborhood of the year by curbed.com <laughs> That neighborhood's known for uh, its two-story Victorian homes and seafood restaurants. As it ever, I got destroyed by one of them, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, if you if there's time at the end, I'll tell you the most vile seafood restaurant story that I know. Oh, wait, well, this is me. the end, so tell me about it. Oh, God. I, I've only been to City Island once. Mm. This is real, though, and it's disgusting. Are you cool with this? It's bad. I'm not proud of this. How <laughs> could it be? Maybe we can edit it out in post. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, was doing a, I was doing a comedy show. Uh, I met a girl uh, who was an RN. She was. She lived up in City Island. No, this is disgusting. No, no, it's just I know, hard to believe if anything. But I met a girl up in City Island. Uh, we went up there and had like a, a day date where we ate seafood, and then she wanted to go walk to that. I guess it's like Orchid Beach or whatever the hell it is. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Uh, sure. So it's the winner. We go up to Orchid Beach after a plate full of seafood. I don't know whatever the hell I ate, but uh, you know, five minutes into the walk, the seafood. And, and, and by the way, knowing you, I bet this is more like Orca Beach. With this <laughs> hey, She's she was a- all right. <laughs> Not, Spanish chick. Not one year. Oh, okay. Pretty hot, feisty. She had an 18-year-old son, and the only time I was over a house, <laughs> the only time I was over, she was like 31, she had an 18-year-old son. The only time I was over a house, mm-hmm. uh, the son walked in the door, and I assumed it was like a husband coming home, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God. And she, yeah. I'm like, dude, there's a dude in the kitchen. She's like, that's my son. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're like 28, and he's, you know, whatever. Anyway, so the point is... Uh, a great time was had. We go to Orchid Beach to take a walk. The seafood fills out the change of address card, but I'm at the beach in the winter. And they do have, you know, those beach houses that have public bathrooms in them. But I'm in a bad situation where it's like, yeah, I do need to, I, I desperately, I'm in a life or death bathroom situation. Have you ever gotten something called, I call it the tap, where you get a tap on the shoulder and your body says like, no, no, you, you have to go now. Yeah, yeah. We're not I discussing have. this. Yeah. We're not negotiating it. You won't go when you get home. You won't finish your phone call. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. You you initially go like, oh, I'll, okay. You get the you get the initial signal. And you go, yeah, I'll get there in a minute. And yeah. Go, no, you don't no, understand. No, you, we we got to do this thing. Yeah. No, this is happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has pulled a gun on your body, basically uh. <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Your yes. stomach is holding a gun. There may be something involuntary about to occur. Yeah, this is prepare you yourself for you humiliation. Yeah, you don't have a say. You don't have a say in whether or not it's going to happen. You, but you might have some say in where it happens Maybe. if you move now. Maybe. Yeah. So the point is, I say to her as we're walking. I say, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how much I drank, but I really should just go pee in the bathroom. Let me run over there. So she sits down on a bench. 
I do that situation where you've kind of taken your, you know, you've kind of made a muscle out of your ass. Uh-huh. You know that feeling. It's oh, not sure. a proud feeling in adulthood, but I have to walk like 200 <laughs> yards back to this beach house in the dead of winter. Oh boy. And it's, it's like 90, 10 that I don't make it. But as I do make it, I see a sign on the door that says the bathhouse is closed. Please use other bathhouse. Oh I waddle back out. I look down the beach. The other bathhouse is a legitimate mile away. There's no saving this situation. So I turn the corner and I take what's known in the Fela house as an outdoorsman, which is, mm. and again, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to class up the joint exactly like this. Exactly. How, how much explanation do you think my fans need? <laughs> but it's a, so the point is it's an outdoorsman. It's an outdoorsman. Okay. Five minutes later, I walk back to meet her on a bench. I'm short two socks. <laughs> do your own math. I'm short two socks. To my credit, they're both in a garbage can. Okay. I'm not an animal here. Right. Okay. These kiss them goodbye. These well, socks. Don't kiss them. No, I'm not leaving goodbye. them out for someone to discover. I have taken an outdoorsman, but I have not left a shrine to my achievement. I'm not proud of this. And the underwear are obviously gone too. It's all. It's all gone. Okay, but it was all gone for disposal purposes. I didn't shit my pants. I took an outdoorsman. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Anything that comes to hand. Mo- mo- moving forward. Um. So. I, I, I make my way back to the bench. I have a two-second conversation about, yeah, thank God, uh, you know, it was open and all that. Uh, let's go take a walk. And she goes, uh, no, you know what? She goes, I actually have to pee. I'll be right back. <laughs> and she walks back to the bathhouse, sees that the bathhouse is closed, and can only assume what went on. Yes, well. The date wrapped up like three minutes later, uh, and that was the end. There was no follow-up. There was no callback. That was that. City Island. City Island. Located in the Boogie Down Bronx. I've only been there once. I made my donation. Neighborhood of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place for an outdoorsman. Curbed.com. Yeah, you heard it here first or possibly second. That story sounds pretty well told, actually. Uh, now, we have one more story. And this, is, this, this story comes to us from Violent Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. An emotionally wounded husband. Mm-hmm. He just released the Kraken. This is a, he went into a blind, cuckold fury. Oh, God. 48-year-old Stephen Whittingham stabbed his wife and lover both to death after finding them hooking up in the man's 2009 Kia. Oh, man. When your wife cheats on you, all the details are the worst ever. You know? so <laughs> for this guy, a Kia, it's always going to be the car that Jerome fucked his wife in. He ruined Kias. Yeah, my first wife uh, hooked up with a dude named Chad. No, oh, that's know. worse than a Kia. I found it so appalling, right? Oh, you God. blew a guy named Chad? You didn't deserve What that. does cum taste like when it comes from a guy named Chad? Oh, failure. Chad, had, a, and he had a not, he had a non-ironic uh, mustache. Oh, Chad. And a non-ironic dick. <laughs> this was the 90s. You know, uh, yeah, Chad, Chad effectively ended my marriage. Uh, so now whenever I meet a guy named Chad, I involuntarily... Thank him profusely. <laughs> it's like a Pavlovian uh, deal. Love no, you, Chad. 36-year-old Jonel ba- Barker and uh, Jerome Barrett. It was John L. Barker and Jerome Barrett. They worked mm. together at JFK. Uh, early Wednesday, they left their baggage handling jobs mm. to hook up in a car. Of course they and did. God knows, yeah, baggage handling. That's a situation rife with yeah. erotic triggers. You know, I mean, nothing pours gas on the fire of romance and lust like uh, loading cargo together. You get that kid seat onto the turnstile, there's something about it you can't resist. Yeah, damn, I can barely focus on these check bags. I've been checking you out all day. Because hey. you're a woman. <laughs> Any woman 
She's like Samsonite, more like handsomeite. Mm, Hello. I'm a girl that flirts back. The lions just write themselves. <laughs> like the way you handle that baggage. Uh, that's a cart. That's why there's so many romance novels at airports. All of them. I'm actually working on a romance novel set in an airport. Come on. Yes. You know what the title is? What? Conveyor Belt Enchantress. <laughs> that's that's a, a, it's a working title. It's a Nicholas Sparks. I'd also thought about this. Uh, how do you like this? Baggage inspection cunt. <laughs> <laughs> how about right bags, wrong gate? Oh, that's so funny. They, yeah, okay. I had that at J. I had that at LaGuardia. Excuse me, going to Chicago. But you could argue that there's no right gate at LaGuardia. Mm. There's just there's, no. it is no. It's a, a largely considered to be a third world airport. Yeah, if you're listening from out of town and you've never had the joys of uh, flying through LaGuardia, uh, throw five hundred dollars out the window. Mm-hmm. Get back in your house. You're fine. Yeah. You it's did, just such a wasted experience. You maybe did better. Yeah. Now, a lot of airport romance. A lot of uh, Kia. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of Kia porn <laughs> as well. If you've seen some Kia porn. They were hooking up in the Kia mm. when the husband arrived with a large kitchen knife. Oh, Whittingham God. allegedly chased Barrett into a building where he stabbed him more than 20 times. Oh, man. He stuffed the woman's nude body in the trunk of the Kia. Which is how most Kia porn ends. That's that. <laughs> it is etiquette. Etiquette says though, if you're gonna bang a guy's wife in the Kia, you you almost owe it to him to let him stab you if he catches you. <laughs> I'm not saying go out and get caught, but I'm saying if you get caught, etiquette says it's like the captain goes down with the ship. Yeah. You banged his wife in a Kia. He's yeah. not recovering. You handled the baggage. Yeah. Now let him <laughs> let him handle his baggage. There it is. Then the guy turned himself into police. Well, it was the only right thing to do. Jimmy, uh, where can we see you? Oh wow, uh, I'm at the Gotham comedy club this weekend it's very exciting wow and, that's uh, your first time there isn't i'll it? imagine that and uh you can watch me every week i'm on the independence on fox business you know who hosts that show the girl kennedy the mtv vj love kennedy she's great man she's got so much chops more than anybody i've worked with on tv you know usually people on tv are like fundamentally good they mm. might be funny they might be great looking she manages to do something on tv that i think is very hard to do like mm. she's riffing on tv which is not easy to do, but yeah. she's doing it well. Um, and what was your impression of her when you got uh, in her immediate vicinity? Wow. And, oh, like like that Sarah Palin encounter? Yeah. You know what's really funny about that? She's a disarming presence. She doesn't come off like, uh, you've heard of me. Mm-hmm. She has that other thing. Like, hey, we're, we're both doing this. Wow. Sure, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the nationally recognized host. Mm-hmm. You're the guy with the GED. But yeah. uh, now we're just both well, and doing plus this. she's practically American royalty. I mean, she's a Kennedy. She's a Kennedy. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that's a she's a Montgomery. That's a lot of clout. <laughs> that's funny, but nah, she's great. And yeah, watch the show. I'm on every week. Man. All right, and uh, watch every week. That's the Independence, and you can see it. With, and what night does that come on? It's Monday through Friday. It's on Fox Business. Show airs live at nine. Uh, I'm usually on one night a week. It's either Monday or Tuesday. Christ, Jimmy! I'm, I, I, if I'd have known that that you had, uh, had taken such a leap in status, I, I would have been so much more respectful throughout the whole show. No, I enjoyed it, man. <laughs> I was just here to hang out. Yeah, I missed you, pal. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and uh, you can only uh, your your snakes on in a cab video. Boy, oh, that was come great. on! We have not spoken since then. I don't think. Uh, you know what? You did show. an off the meter. Yeah. Wow. You want to shell off the meter? Do you know how you get off the off meter the meter, now? yeah. yeah. Wow. You get that? Talk about a Russian doll box. So off the meter, Um, it's my podcast is sponsored by the Flips mobile app. Because you're doing everything now. The Flips mobile app. So you got to go to flips.com backslash Jimmy. You can download their app for free. Mm-hmm. The app... Uh, and the app contains the podcast and everything else they do. Flip's actually a pretty interesting act, uh, app. I sound like a fucking shill now. Yeah. Basically what someone it is. Someone had some money. Yeah, basically what it is. <laughs> I know, right? Basically what it is is someone takes, it, it enables your smartphone to project whatever's on your smartphone onto your TV. 
There's no app. There's no wires. There's no nothing. Are you shitting me? You could walk into if you have the Flips Mobile app, you could walk into a Best Buy mm-hmm. and change the programming. That why well, I wouldn't care to do that. I know, but I'm just saying. But that would be it's interesting. Crazy. But you can do it at home too, yeah. right? You don't have to do it at Best Buy. No, nah, you do it at home. Provided you got a TV. If your TV, say your roommate's watching something, go. You know what? No one. You know, yeah. Now guess what? You're watching yeah. this. Now we're watching Star Eighty. Eric Roberts is shooting Dorothy Stratton. I am curious. I am curious. Yellow. That's what we're watching now. <laughs> oh, download the Flips mobile app, damn it. Watch the independence. And yes, next time we come, we'll then we'll bang it out. But this is fun, man. You know All what right. I'm doing. No, hey, thanks for being here. And uh, by the way, uh, you can also see him at Gotham Comedy Club this coming weekend. It, uh, he's often there. Jimmy Fela and, and and off the meter, a fine program. When uh, you, you you can occasionally hear me on there as well. Maybe Pat you did, Pat, no, Pat did, you come on, man. We cross promote here. You know how they say uh, uh, in the movie Donnie Brasco, he's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. That means he's a May guy. Like yeah. if, I, if I introduce you in the off the meter circle, man, he's a friend of ours. No. Means, you know, you don't raise your hands to him. That's <laughs> he's, he's one of us. Yes, uh, and, and 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 none of you people forget it. Now, uh, and also, <laughs> look, uh, come out on January 10th. If if you haven't got your tickets yet, buy them. It's uh, you know, uh, you go to my Facebook page, the New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon, and uh, and also you need to weigh in on these uh, awards because we're going to be uh, the winners will be determined. Uh, the leaders are there. Go to the Crime Report group. New York City Crime Report group on Facebook. Go to my website, Pat Dixon NYC, for dates when you can catch me in the city. You can see me every Monday uh, starting January 12th. We're kicking the show back off again at Caroline's. Desperation tonight with Pat Dixon. There's always at least 10 comedians. And uh, what can you say about it? There's music. There's fun. And you know what? If you know me, that means you're my guest. Come there, and uh, and and you know what? I'm gonna I'll, I'll hook you up with tickets. We do this a little while longer, not much longer. Good music too. Good music too. Thank you. You, you throw a real grown up show. It's sort of it's a grown up show. It's a party. It's mm. fun. It's it's not. Uh, you're not gonna come there and have a bad time. If you're mm. in New York City, Pat Dixon NYC. Go there, write me, and uh, just write me through the website or at patdixonnyc at gmail I'll admit it. That's my email address. You can get to me that way. Now here's the other thing: Pat Dixon NYC on Instagram. That's also important. And Patreon. Find me on Patreon. New York Come City Crime on. Report on Patreon. I want to say thanks to the people who have... I'm going to talk about this more. Than, and by the way, nobody's listening now. That's yeah, why the pressure... I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so much like, easier. They have been gone for several minutes. It's you and me in a room yeah, now. Yeah, and we're just hanging uh, out. And, uh, and, and, and the Patreon thing, it's, it's so far so good. I appreciate it. What, what happens is you make like a recurring donation or something like that, contribution. Um, and, and then I get to actually, uh, you know, whatever it is you think the show's worth, mm-hmm. you know, you set your own deal. Yes. It can be as much as you want, as little as you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to give me five grand a show, <laughs> then you can do that. You're you allowed know? to do that. But you can cap it too, so yeah. you're not spending too much. If, yeah, I'll give you five grand per show, but don't do like 40 shows in a month. Yes. Yeah, and then you went, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need to abuse the system. All I want to do is provide you guys with a little bonus because uh, there's incentives too. You get some bonuses. You get bonus uh, content. I don't know how we're going to work all this yet. It's brand new. T-sh- I'm just trying to have some fun. T-shirts are going to come your way. Jesus, T-shirts too. Eventually you can get one of those. They're available now. And uh, if you've ordered one, it's on the way. So uh, look for your T-shirts to come soon. And that's all over the world. Australians are big on T-shirts. They Thank you, Australia. T-shirt. For picking up, uh, for picking up the New York City Crime Board T-shirts, they uh, they have a price. You can find it on my website. Go uh, to the shirts. And by the way, uh, you know, you can donate whatever you want for that too. <laughs> you know, and and that's all I'll say. Uh, thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. <laughs>